You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and no guest this week, just me sharing some of my thoughts and my observations in terms of some of the issues or the things that I see dentists trying to navigate as it relates to their personal finances. And on that note, I want to start with what I think is one of the big, if not the biggest objectives financially for dentists, and that is the ultimate goal of achieving what I would call financial independence from actively practicing dentistry or becoming financially free from practicing dentistry or making practice optional. Because I think that is at a really high level what most dentists, when they think about their finances, are trying to achieve, to, to reach some point in the future where they can continue to practice actively if they would like to, but they no longer have to in terms of being able to generate the money or the income to live the lifestyle that they would like to live. So I want to dive into a little bit of that today. And what I see as sort of the four big components that go into that. So the first component that goes into trying to determine or trying to reach some level of financial independence from practicing dentistry is the earning potential of any given dentist. And I want to qualify something up front, especially with, with this particular topic, in that I'm coming at this from a place of no judgment. And, and from my perspective, the dentist that earns one hundred dollars or $125,000 a year is no better or no, no worse than the dentist that earns five dollars or $600,000 per year. Uh, but the, the reality also is that depending on what the earning potential is for any given dentist, depending on what path they've chosen... Uh, that's going to play a big role in terms of how long or how that kind of factors into uh, at what point in the future they are most likely to become independent from practicing or that practice becomes optional for them. So at one end of the spectrum, stereotypically speaking, you're going to have associates or uh, dentists that are more on the employee-only model, earning a lesser amount of money, all things being equal. And at the other end of the spectrum, you're going to have your owner docs that uh, earn income from actively practicing and, uh, and producing dentistry, but also earn additional income on top of that uh, production from owning their dental practice as well. And just all things being equal, again, you know, there's exceptions out there in, in every model, I'm sure. But the owner dentists, as it stands today... Uh, are going to have a higher amount of earning potential uh, over the long term than someone who has no ownership in a dental practice. And there's risk associated with that as well, right? So uh, to each their own and you know, different models work for different dentists. And the reality of that situation is that a dentist that is in a career or a model that has much higher earning potential over the length of their career will have the ability, if they choose to, all things being equal, of reaching independence from practice much sooner than an associate who has a lower earning potential based on their employee or their employment model of practice. And maybe just to put a finer point on earning potential and how that sort of factors into how long it takes to reach independence, I'm based in the Des Moines, Iowa area. And if I were to fly north, let's say 200 miles to Minneapolis, 
If I took a commercial flight, it would take roughly 45 minutes, give or take, with a, a twin jet engine commercial aircraft. On the other hand, if I flew in a single propeller, single piston, private uh, two-seater airplane, that same flight, that same distance might take twice as long or an hour and a half. doesn't necessarily mean that one way is better than the other. You know, maybe on the commercial flight, you're jammed in the coach in the middle seats and no carry-ons allowed. And um, the single piston takes longer, but, uh, you know, you got, you're in and out with the private aviation, the private aviation uh, gates and um, you, you enjoy the flight a lot more and you have a lot more room to breathe and you enjoy the view. Uh, maybe that's a better option. And it's, so the point being like, it's just one option isn't necessarily better than the other in a vacuum, but it, one definitely does take longer just based on the, uh, <laughs> the thrust that's behind the trip or the plane, or in this case, uh, in, in the, in the financial picture, the, the income potential is, uh, sort of the thrust that, that drives everything else. The second component that goes into a dentist achieving independence from from practice is relative to that maximum earning potential that we just talked about. How hard is that dentist riding the throttle or how much of the accelerator are they, how hard are they pressing down on that accelerator, so to speak, along the way throughout their primary practice years? So, you know, a, a couple examples of that, you know, all things being equal uh, in, you know, again, stereotypical case, uh, an owner dentist will probably or could probably generate the same level of income practicing in a clinic three days a week that an associate dentist might be able to generate practicing five days a week. Uh, again, back to my transportation examples, you know, all things being equal, most people would expect to get somewhere faster in a car versus riding to the same destination on a bicycle. But if the person driving the car is barely tapping the accelerator and going 15 miles an hour, it's quite possible that uh, a cyclist pedaling that same route going and pedaling as hard as they can could reach that same destination uh, sooner. So relative to earning potential, how hard or how much is someone maximizing that? Uh, which is not to say that someone needs to work seven days a week, but I think that's the extreme example is that, yeah, all things being equal, a dentist could reach independence faster by practicing 40 or 50 hours a week versus 30 hours a week. And just where's that sweet spot for a dentist to try to achieve uh, with their with their skills and with their time and their energy, understanding that if you've been doing it very long or if you've been doing any job very long, that you then you know that at a certain point, uh, the number of hours that you put in, there's there's a point of diminishing returns relative to practice and the quality of the dental work and also maybe relative to quality of uh, life as well. The third component that goes into achieving independence is what does lifestyle look like? And maybe a better way to state that is how much does lifestyle cost on a monthly or an annual basis for, for any given dentist? And if we just look at it on a monthly basis, you know, the dentist that spends $15,000 a month will, all things being equal, take longer to achieve financial independence than the dentist that spends $10,000 a month on lifestyle. And the, the reverse engineering of that is what, what's not being, the difference in what's not being burned up, so to speak, 
on life or the cost of living can then be applied towards saving and investing and accumulating assets in the future. Point being, at some point along the way, uh, a dentist will accumulate enough money to theoretically generate a similar level of cash flow that they could generate by actively practicing. And that's what independence looks like. So uh, again, back to my earlier point about no judgment. I'm not here to to tell people how to spend their money. I'm just here to help them recognize that making sure that lifestyle is appropriate level relative to income will go a long way in, in reaching the point of independence as efficiently as possible. And so maybe to 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 put a, a different spin on it, the owner dentist, stereotypically speaking, uh, that earns owner income. Uh, will have a much better chance of reaching independence sooner if they have a quote-unquote associate lifestyle as compared to the associate living on associate income, stereotypically speaking, that has more of an owner's mindset as it relates to spending. So uh, whatever you want to spend on life is, to a certain degree, not my place to to, to tell or to, to stipulate what's good or bad. It's just that sometimes the difference between uh, driving new cars all the time and living a little bit bigger house than you maybe need to or taking an extra vacation or two a year as as compared to other dentists, that's that's fine if that's your choice to do it. But that also is going to have an effect on the point in the future that you have the option to no longer practice if you don't want to. So the final piece in the conversation is the desired date, or maybe to look at it a different way, the desired age for a dentist that they would like to be independent of practice or have the ability to make practice optional, financially speaking. So you know, there's a pretty big difference, and you don't have to be a mathematician to figure this out. There's a pretty big difference between the dentist that wants to have the option to not practice by age 55 versus the dentist that doesn't care if they keep practicing until they're until they're 65. Again, I've qualified this like seven times, but no judgment for me. Everyone gets to live the life that they want to live. The reality is, is, is someone wants to have the ability to stop practicing earlier than the stereotypical retirement age, uh, like say age 55 or 60, they're probably going to have to work a little bit harder, uh, spend a little bit less, and save a little bit more along the way during their working career. And everyone gets to choose their own adventure. Um, so everyone just sort of has to ask themselves, you know, if I work a little bit less along the way versus if I work a little bit harder along the way, what's what's the cost of, of either option in terms of what am I missing out? So as it relates to this, this is where I've sort of been all over the spectrum in terms of how I've evaluated how hard or how long a dentist is working, at least from my standpoint. And at times, I've struggled to see or understand uh, why a dentist would want to work 40 or 45 hours a week in the clinic uh, in their 30s and and into their 40s if if they don't really have to do it anymore. But at the same time, like I've never had that same pressure of of hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loan debt and kind of how long it takes to dig out of that hole and then how long retirement saving and investing is delayed as a result of that. And maybe the other thing that I've realized too is uh, my perspective and my work is always that I'm always trying to solve for not missing anything in my life, not missing anything that I want to be there for, whether that's my kids or, or my family. 
And, and I didn't arrive at that philosophy early in my career, but it's maybe evolved as I'm in my 40s now. Um, point being, like I've had a hard time at times understanding why some dentists who have really good practices and make really good incomes and live uh, maybe on less than they could or live a little bit lower lifestyle burn rate than some other dentists, I've had a hard time understanding why they still work so hard. But then the other factor that I sometimes have failed to recognize is that physically dentistry is is an occupation that some people just aren't going to be able to do forever at the same speed that they've done it when they're in their 20s and 30s. So I see why a lot of dentists want to go as hard as they can for as long as they can in their in their 30s and into their 40s, given all those factors and given that they don't know physically how long they'll be able to do that just because statistically speaking, we know that the neck, the hands, the back, the eyes, some of that stuff starts to deteriorate over time just because it's, you know, dentistry is a it's a it's a very physically demanding uh, occupation. So to bring it all together and sort of recap and 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 bring this episode to a landing, the four things again, you know, what is earning potential? What is income potential for any given dentist? How hard do they want to work along the way relative to that maximum earning potential? What is lifestyle uh, look like for a dentist along the way, and that can change too, right? It can be, you know, you can have a different lifestyle expectation in retirement or post practice than you do while you're still practicing too. So that factors in. But what's the burn rate along the way? That's number three, and then number four, the final thing, uh, the final component is, you know, how early or how not early is someone reasonably expecting to be independent, free, have the option to practice? Those are the those are the big things. So uh, hopefully that gives everyone listening a little bit, uh, something to noodle on, something to think about, a few things to think about maybe. And I got a little bit rambly, I feel like today, but uh, you know, we, we're not getting paid by the minute or I'm not getting charged for this by the minute. So that's okay. Um, but just really appreciate you listening along. Uh, if you're interested in more of my thoughts and sort of more of my perspective on all things related to finance and dentistry, check out my website, dentistexit.com. And I'm always interested in feedback and thoughts and topics for for other podcast episodes. What are the things that you're struggling with as a dentist? What are the questions that you have related to your finances as a dentist? I'd like to hear from you and, and potentially hit on them if I could on a future podcast. So feel free to shoot me an email at sean, S-H-A-W-N, at dentistexit.com with any thoughts, questions, feedback, uh, suggestions for future podcast episodes. So again, thanks for listening and uh, following along on the Practice Growth Podcast. We will talk to you soon. Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Terrell Advisors LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell, and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only, and past performance is not indicative of future results.